Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Blessed be the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Glory be unto God. Amen. I want to welcome you right now to the International Deliverance Ministries radio broadcast and podcast. My name is Evangelist Sean Benito and also International Voice of Deliverance Radio 24 hours. Amen. Of uncompromised Christian radio. Amen. You can visit us at internationaldeliveranceministries.org. We want to go right now into our topic of discussion, which is extremely important, and that is, amen, universalism, specifically focusing on one verse that destroys the whole lie of universalism. universalism. One verse that destroys the whole lie of the false teaching of universalism. Father, I pray for all those listening to the sound of my voice that your name will be glorified, magnified, and exalted, O God. Hallelujah. I pray to God that those who are hearing, O God, right now, Lord, uh, about to hear the word of God uh, proclaim, I pray that they would accept what the word of God teaches regarding the truth of the gospel, that we need to repent of our sins and receive you as our saving Lord, that except we repent, we will all likewise perish and go to hell, a place where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth, where the worm will never die and the fire will never be quenched, by which the modern church world wants to do away with, but your word, O oh God, does not do away with it, Lord. Hallelujah. It warns us. It tells us to get right with you, to flee from the wrath that is to come, and thank you, Lord, for that wonderful way, for the wonderful means of redemption that we can escape the wrath to come through your shed blood on the cross. We give you thanks and praise and your wonderful resurrection in Jesus name. Amen. Praise God. Amen. We want to go right now into this topic of discussion. One verse, one verse, one, 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 one verse. Amen. That destroys the whole teaching and false doctrine of the lie of universalism. And also the gospel of inclusion, which, which Carlton Pearson, who just recently passed away, advocated. One verse. One verse. Now, we can go to many verses of the Bible because there's so many, many multitude, multiple numbers of Scripture that destroy the false teaching of universalism. Before we get into all of that, though, we want to understand what is the teaching of universalism? Because many people may not understand what it means. What is it? What am I talking about? Well, the teaching of universalism basically is the understanding that everyone, every, all mankind, both past, present, and future, will be saved. Every, all, everybody, all mankind, both past, present, and future, will be saved. Now, there's different understandings uh, of various different beliefs concerning the issue of universalism. For example, some believe that there's no hell. Others believe that there is a hell, but it's only remedial. It's only corrective and not punitive. In other words, they believe that hell is a place where people will understand and learn that they need to uh, get right with God concerning their sin and make up for their sin, something like purgatory, amen, pretty much the same thing. And that uh, after that, you, can, you, you purge your sins, you, 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 you purge the wrong ideas that you have, and then you will accept God's gift of salvation or something like that, and that you will uh, go to paradise, go to heaven. 
And so therefore, everybody will be saved at the end of the day. This is the teaching, essentially, of universalism. The teaching of the gospel of inclusion, which Carlton Pearson taught, who was a Pentecostal preacher, um, in, who just passed away just this, this past November, and uh, he believed in the gospel of inclusion, which is essential, essentially the same thing as universalism. Amen. And so he believed that, that you would, uh, you know, hell was remedial or that there was no hell and that we should just do, do away with hell altogether. And, uh, and that uh, the teachings about eternal judgment and damnation in the Bible are not to be taken literally. Amen. And because God is love, therefore God is love, therefore everybody will be saved, everybody will go to heaven. And even though, I'm going to just say this right now, even though there's many churches that say, oh, we don't believe in universalism, but yet by their actions, yet by their preaching, it, they expose themselves into actually agreeing with a lot of these doctrines. By their actions. They don't preach about hell. They don't preach about hell, fire, and damnation. And they even when they do, they say, oh, I'm so sorry. As if to say it was a horrible thing by which they mentioned hell. That they mentioned hell to the people. Listen to me. Listen very carefully. I do not apologize for mentioning about hell and the eternal damnation thereof. I am glad to preach about it because I don't want people to go that Jesus Christ preached about it. Because he doesn't want anyone to go that that's why we do it. It's a warning to those who are on the way to eternal damnation. Amen. And if we love people, we want to warn them to flee and to flee and to run away from the wrath that is to come. Because there is a wrath to come. And that wrath is serious. And that wrath is eternal. Regardless of what everybody wants to believe. Now, one of the understandings of the doctrine of universalism is that, or rather arguments, is that the early church believed this way back in the second century and by many early church fathers. For example, Clement of Alexandria uh, believed in an idea of universal origin, and I believe Gregory Nyssa also believed in the uh, doctrine of universalism. And so they'd go back to early church Christian history and say, well, because these early church fathers believed in the doctrine of universalism, therefore, this is the earliest understanding of uh, the reconciliation of all people and that their understanding of hell was not eternal. And so this should be incorporated into Christian thought and belief and doctrine. Is that true? For example, first and foremost, we don't get our doctrine from Christian history. We don't get our doctrine, amen, from the early church fathers. We get our doctrine from the Bible, amen. That's the problem, amen. We got to search the scriptures to see whether these things are. So Jesus Christ, the Savior said, amen, who's God in flesh, he said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word, hallelujah, that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So therefore, this is what we go by, the word of God, amen. Not by church history. No, not at all. We don't go, but that's how people get themselves into false teaching and false doctrine and deception. Going back into church history and, oh, what does this one believe? What does that one believe? What, what does this early church father say? It doesn't matter what they say or what they think. It matters what God says and what God thinks and what God wants us to do. And so, therefore, we need to go by what he says. Amen. Because what people have done, they make the word of God of non effect by their tradition. This is what Jesus said in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 15. They go by their tradition. They go by early church Christians, so-called Thought and thinking, amen, and by what the church said. It doesn't matter what the church, the church said many things that is contrary to the Bible, like purgatory, amen. It's, no, it's not found in the word of God at all, amen. And they may go into some verse 
you know, in the Apocrypha, but it's not found in the Holy Scriptures at all. Amen. The Bible says it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. You cannot purge your sins. That teaching of purgatory makes the cross of Christ insufficient to pay for our redemption. It makes it meaningless. That we, why, why would we need Jesus to die on the cross for our sins if we could just be good people after purgatory, purge our own sins, and then be accepted into heaven? Hmm? It makes no sense. It's a, it's a blasphemous teaching, a lie from the pit of hell. So the understanding of universalism, amen, their argument is that, and I'm referring to those who claim to be Christian, the argument is that Christians believe this from the earliest times. Early church fathers believe this. And therefore, we need to also incorporate this teaching into our belief system. That because God is love, therefore God could not actually could not in any way, shape, or form make someone suffer in hell forever. That's the teaching. That's essentially the thought pattern, how they come to this conclusion. Hmm? So this is the understanding of the universalists for the most part. Again, some disagree whether there's a hell or not and so forth and so on. But the understanding is that everybody will be redeemed. Even Billy Graham uh, uh, mentioned uh, this teaching in his uh, uh, meeting with Robert Schuller, I believe in 1997, and, and I'm not going to go into all of that uh, teaching that, of what he said, but he, he essentially taught the teaching of universalism. And he said something that whether you're from the Buddhist world, the Muslim world, or the unbelieving world, you're, you're part of the body of Christ, not even knowing it, and all that kind of garbage. It's a lie. Amen? And these teachings do not come from the teaching of Holy Scripture. Amen? At all. Now, the universalists like to use verses found in the Bible to justify their position, but they are taken grossly out of context, and they ignore the rest of Holy Scripture. This is what Satan does. Satan, amen, takes a verse, isolates it from the rest of Holy Scripture, and uses it as a predominant text by which every other verse must be interpreted or must capitulate to. In other words, if you see in Matthew's Gospel, chapter number 4, Amen. He quotes, amen, from the Psalms. He shall give this angel's charge over thee to the Lord Jesus Christ when he was in the, when Christ was in the wilderness being tempted of the devil. Amen. And so Satan, amen, isolated that verse of scripture. And what did he do? Amen. He ignored the risks of scripture. So Jesus rightly divides the word of truth. The Lord Jesus Christ, hallelujah, shows us how to rightly interpret the holy scriptures themselves and says, hallelujah, again, it is written again, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Amen. And rightly divides the word of truth. But you shouldn't just jump off any kind of building or walk or go on into the water. Believe you can walk on water and then you see yourself die because of deception and presumption. No. Don't tempt, don't put God to the test. Don't tempt the Lord thy God. And that's what he said. That's why he brought it, he showed us how to rightly divide the word of truth. And so the universalists do the same thing. And all those with false teaching, like Jehovah's Witnesses, that deny that there's a hell. Amen. Oh, they say, oh, can, would, would, if, if, you're, if you're a father to a, a son or a daughter, would you put their hand over the fire to teach them a lesson? I mean, the illustration is unbiblical in and of itself. So, how, so what you're doing there, you're making the illustration more authoritative than the Holy Scriptures themselves. That's ridiculous. You can't do that. But people do that in order to justify their false position. This is the final authority. 
the word of Almighty God, not an illustration, amen, not a church or denomination, not a preacher, amen, or commentary or anything like that, or a YouTube video or anything you, hallelujah that you have. It is the word of Almighty God. And so, therefore, we will go to the scriptures to find out whether or not universalism is biblical. And it is, I'm just going to say right now, from the get-go, it is not. It's unbiblical. Amen. And while I'll touch on a couple of verses here and there, amen, as I've already done, there's one verse, hallelujah, that I want to touch on that completely destroys the whole understanding of the doctrine or lie of universalism or the gospel of inclusion. Now, we can go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9, where the Bible says, amen, very clearly there, amen, that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God, be not deceived. Now, again, there are some universals who say, oh, I agree with that verse, and, uh, you know, that's right, you, 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 you're not going to go to heaven, you're going to go to hell for a time, but it is corrective, it's remedial. In other words, it's there to sh- just to teach you a lesson, and after that, you've, after that you've been taught your lesson, and you come to your senses, and then and you accept Jesus Christ in hell, then after that you will go to heaven. So that's their understanding. So this first Corinthians chapter six, verse nine, as I just mentioned, the unrighteous should not inherit the kingdom of God, be not deceived. Okay. And there's many that will say, Oh no, 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 no. Everybody's saved, but they just gotta know. That verse, of course, will destroy their understanding as well. But again, for the other universalists that will believe that that hell is remedial or that hell is uh, somehow corrective they would say yeah we believe that verse too but it, it's you know it doesn't mean that hell is eternal that's what they would say so what about the verses that say that hell is eternal let's go to those ones okay before we get to the one verse that i'm referring to that destroys the whole doctrine of universalism all right so if you go to matthew's gospel chapter 25 for example matthew's gospel the 25th chapter amen the savior says in verse 41 Eventually say unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye curse, and to everlasting fire, prepare for the devil and his angels. Right. And so they would argue the word everlasting is the word aeon. Aeon. And they would say, Well, that word aeon means like this is the Greek word aeon. They would they said that Greek word aeon means age. Age. It's age lasting. So they would say, we would argue that it is not everlasting, so hell or the Punishment is not everlasting, but it should be properly interpreted as, un- as being age-lasting. That it's for only a specific point in time. The problem with that is, again, that if, if, if hell is age-lasting, then heaven would have to be too. Because it says here in verse 46, amen, uh, and these shall go into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. Because the word aeon is also used, amen, in describing everlasting life. Amen. So there's a big problem with that too, amen? And you know, also aeon can be used in describing the eternal God. So God's only age lasting as well. It's ridiculous, right? But they would like to argue that and say, you know, hell is only age lasting. It is not everlasting. And that's another argument from the universalists, amen? I want to go to one last verse before I get to the verse I'm talking about, amen? And that is in Revelation, found in Revelation chapter number 14 and verse number, uh, verses number 9 through 11. 
The Bible says here in Revelation chapter 14, verses 9 through 11, And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast and his image and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out with all mixture into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. Listen to verse 11. And the smoke of their torment ascended up forever and ever, and they have no rest day nor night who worship the beast and his image and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. Now, the Bible says here that the smoke of their torment, listen now, ascended up forever and ever, and they have no rest day nor night. Okay. They have no rest day nor night. Now, this verse is very powerful, showing that they, they are suffering in hell. Suffering in torment. I mean, so anybody that believes there's no hell or they're denying that there's no hell, um, th this verse shows them that there is a hell and it's forever. Um, and, if you, and if you understand that this, uh, the, the, the whole understanding here is that they do not, they are not annihilated. Jehovah's Witnesses like, and others would like to believe in the false doctrine of annihilation. That's also a false teaching. That people will just cease to exist. That when you die, your soul sleep, which is false against according to the Bible. Because when the Bible says that the rich man and Lazarus in Luke's Gospel 16, they both died. And, and the Bible says that Lazarus lifted up his eyes in hell, being in torment. Amen. He was in torment immediately after death. He did not go into soul sleep and cease to, ex cease to exist for a time. And then be annihilated. It's garbage. It's a lie. It's contrary to the clear teaching and doctrine of the Holy Scriptures themselves. Period. Soul sleep is a lie. It's a complete lie. Now, the Bible goes on and talks about, amen, how that the rich man was in torment. And also talks about how these people in Revelation chapter 14 verses 9 through 11 are in torment. And they have no rest day nor night. Continuous torment and judgment, receiving the wrath and judgment of God upon themselves, amen, over and over and over again by God. And not only that, the Bible says that they are, that, be, that they will be tormented, amen, with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. Who's the Lamb? Who's the Lamb? The Lord Jesus Christ. He sanctions the punishment and the torment of the ungodly. I don't want to serve a God like that. Well, that's your, that's your decision. He's given you an escape to escape here from the Bibles of a God soul of the world that he gave. Hallelujah. His only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Belief does not mean a mental ascent. Only. It means turning from your sins. Repentance. Amen. So the Bible says repent and believe the gospel. The Bible says bring forth fruit meat for repentance. Amen. So it, it doesn't just mean a mental ascent in, in believing the doctrines of the word of God, that Christ died on the cross and rose again from the dead. It's more than that. It's receiving it. It's turning from your sins. Amen. It's acknowledging the gospel. Amen. That is true. And that you need to repent, change your mind concerning your sin. That results in a change of action. Means you throw away those cigarettes. You stop being a homosexual and you turn away from it in your heart and your mind. You turn away from your adultery in your heart and your mind and your soul. You turn away from your lying in your heart and your mind and your soul and so forth. That's true redemption and salvation okay the bible teaches here that it's forever and ever but some people think no 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 it's, it's only age lasting the ever and ever is age lasting and age lasting so that's what they would like to believe falsely here is the problem here's the problem with all this number one the bible gives no absolutely no teaching 
in any way, shape, or form that hell is age-lasting. doesn't teach that at all. When describing hell, is always everlasting to, you know, forever. And there is no teaching in the scripture that teaches that those in hell will be released from hell. It's not found in the Bible. So it doesn't matter whether the church, early church uh, fathers were, were the origin and all the rest of them wanted to believe. It makes no difference. And not all of them believe that, by the way. But people like to make that argument. Who cares? Really, who cares in the sense that they can believe what they want. God will judge them for their false teaching. It doesn't make a difference. God has no respect to a person. Oh, it's the early church fathers. They, therefore, they're going to go to heaven forever. No, 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 no. Paul said, if we are an angel from heaven, preach another gospel, amen, than that which has been preached. Let, let, us, let them be accursed. He included himself. That if we turn away from the sound teaching of the gospel, Paul, the Holy Ghost of Paul said, let me be accursed. Amen. That's the problem. All the early church fathers, let's define Christianity by the early church fathers and by church history. What a lie. What a deception. What false doctrine and false teaching. You, as I mentioned earlier, need to interpret the Holy Scriptures, amen, by the Holy Scriptures. Not through the lens and not through the eyeglasses of the early church or church history. You'll be deceived every time, almost every time. Amen. You'll come up with false doctrine every time. Go back to the word of God. Don't forget, if we go to the book of Acts, go to the book of Acts before we get to that one verse that we're, we're talking about. If we go to the book of Acts, amen, Acts chapter 20. The apostle Paul warns, amen, the pastors, amen, that came to Ephesus. He warned them, amen, that in verse 29 he says, For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, and not spurring the flock also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away disciples after them. Therefore watch and remember that by the space of three years I ceased not to warn everyone night and day with tears. Night and day with tears. Hmm. Wow. Well, if hell wasn't forever, why are you warning everybody night and day with tears? That means there's an opportunity to get up, Brother Paul. We can get out of this place of hell. Hallelujah. And we don't have to be there forever. So even if we're preaching false teaching and living in sin and doing all, sowing our wild oats, it doesn't make one iota of a difference. Hallelujah. We'll get out of hell. We will one day, amen, be with God again. Everything will be fine. There's nothing to worry about. There's no need to evangelize. There's no need to have a burden. There's no need to weep. There's no need to wear for souls that are on the way to him what's the purpose and point of it all no reason paul brother paul what are you doing why are you troubling yourself come on everybody will be reconciled to god even satan himself according to the false teaching of universalism will be reconciled to god and for hallelujah the bible teaches this is nothing but a lie very clearly this is why Paul was weeping about the situation of the false teachers. This is why you don't go by early church history. Because just at the time of Paul, there was false teachers that were there. Right then and there. That, that fast. That's way before Clement of Alexandria in the second century. Way before Origen, amen, who was the pupil of uh, Clement of Alexandria. Huh? Way before Great Granisa in the fourth century. And others. Doesn't make a difference. That's why you don't go by early church fathers and define Christianity by the early church fathers, but only and exclusively by the word of God. Not even by their church creeds, not even by the, the Nicene Creed or anything like that, but by the word of God. Amen. Now, we're going to go 
to the verse that I've been, we've been waiting for. Amen. Found in St. Matthew's Gospel, the 12th chapter. Matthew's Gospel, chapter number 12. If you have your Bible, please look at it with me. Matthew's Gospel, chapter number 12. And we go all the way down, hallelujah, in Matthew's Gospels, chapter number 12, in describing the one verse that destroys the whole doctrine of universalism, the gospel of inclusion, and all the, and the lie of universal reconciliation of all men. Here it is, found in Matthew's Gospel, chapter number 12 and verse 32. We'll start from verse 31 to give some context. The Lord Jesus Christ says, Wherefore I say unto you, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men. But the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. Verse 32. And whosoever shall speaketh, and whosoever, and whosoever speaketh a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But whosoever speaketh against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven him, neither in this world, neither in the world to come. I'm going to read that again. And whosoever speaketh a word against the Son of Man, it shall, it shall be forgiven him. And whosoever speaketh a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But whosoever speaketh against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven him, neither in this world, neither in the world to come. Hallelujah. This is the one verse that we've been talking about here that Jesus talks about. He said, every sin that man does, he will be forgiven of. Every single sin except for one. Except for one. Hmm. What is that one? He says it here. It's called the blasphemy of the Holy Ghost. Remember the context of this passage speaks about, amen, the religious leaders, the Pharisees calling Christ, amen, Beelzebub, right? And uh, they, they say he, amen, he cast out devils by the prince of the devils, right? Okay. And uh, this was a total rejection of the person of Christ. Total rejection. Of his work, of his person, of his redemption, his atonement. They said that Jesus Christ was a devil and a demon, that he cast out demons by Beelzebub, the prince of the devils. This is what they said. Total, utter, complete rejection of the Savior in every way, shape, or form. In other words, there is no way these men would ever be saved at this point. They completely rejected Christ. They completely denied him. They attributed the work of Christ to demonic power, satanic power, and accounted him as an evildoer. Complete rejection. The Bible says that the Holy Ghost has come to, to reprove the world of sin, judgment, and of righteousness. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. The Bible talks about the Holy Ghost and and. Uh, Genesis chapter 6, that God said, my spirit would not always strive with man. 
He's the one that convicts us of our sin. He's the one that leads us to Christ. He's the one that shows us that we're wrong and that God is right. He's the one that shows us that drinking is wrong, amen, alcoholism is wrong, and drunkenness. He's the one that shows us, amen, that cursing and swearing is wrong, amen, how to get the filthy communication out of your mouth. He's the one that shows us, amen, that adultery is wrong, that fornication is wrong, amen, that homosexuality is wrong, lesbianism is wrong, bisexuality is wrong, all those, transgenderism is wrong, amen. All those things the Holy Ghost shows us that it's wrong, and leads us that Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. That it's not the Allah, Buddha, Confucius, um, amen, nothing like that, amen, Vishnu, Shiva, or anything like that. It's only through the Lord Jesus Christ by which you and I can be redeemed and saved. And by his precious shed blood upon the cross of Calvary that was shed for the remission of our sins. And he rose again, hallelujah, from the dead according to the holy, on the third day according to the holy scriptures. It's only through him by which we can be saved. That's why the Bible says, neither is the salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. So we understand that this redemption is only in Christ Jesus. And that if we reject him, then we'll die in our sins. And if we die in our sins, we die blaspheming the spirit of God. Speaking evil of him. Rejecting him. And no longer able to receive forgiveness of our sins. Ever. Ever again. Tragically, sadly. But this is what the Bible clearly teaches. One verse that has destroyed all universalism. And I'm going to read it again. Matthew chapter 12, verse 32. And whosoever speaketh the word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But whosoever speaketh against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven him, neither in this world, neither in the world to come. The Bible says, neither in this world, neither in the world to come. Hmm. This is when somebody completely apostatizes against God. Amen. And they reject Christ one last time. Amen. They become reprobate. Reprobate mind. If you go to Hebrews chapter, amen, go to Hebrews. From, we're going to go to the book of Hebrews just for a moment. Hebrews chapter 6, just for a moment. And... Uh, we're going to just look at the Hebrews chapter 6 for a moment here just to give some, amen, further understanding of this verse of Scripture, Matthew's Gospel chapter 12, verse 32. But Hebrews chapter 6 says this in verse 1, Therefore, leaving the, principle, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. Verse 2, of the doctrine of baptisms and of laying on of hands and of, res and of resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. And this, we, and this will we do if God permit. For it is impossible, listen now, for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost, notice, partakers of the Holy Ghost, and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come, if they shall fall away to renew them unto, again unto repentance, seeing they crucified to themselves the Son of God afresh and put him to an open shame. Amen. Put him to an open shame. For the earth which drinketh, for the earth which drinketh in the rain that cometh oft upon it, and bringeth for herbs meat for them, by whom it is dressed, receiveth blessing from God. But but that which beareth thorns and briars is rejected, and is nigh to cursing, whose end is to be burned. But beloved, we are persuaded better things of you, and things that accompany salvation, though though we thus speak. Amen. 
this is referring to those who, amen, who were once saved and they totally backslide, not to the back, not just backslide, but they completely apostatize. Amen. Somebody can backslide and go into sin doesn't mean that they've reached this position. Amen. They can repent and come back. Especially if they're concerned about whether they if you're concerned about whether you've not you've committed the blasphemy of the Holy Ghost, you have not done so. Once you commit this, you don't care about it. it, it just, your conscience has been seared. You don't even care whether you've done it or not. It is no concern to you at all. You just believe the whole thing's a bunch of rubbish. You reject it. If you're concerned, then you've not done it. Then it means God is still dealing with you. And you need to repent and come to Christ. But the whole understanding is the blasphemy of the Spirit of God is a total rejection, amen, of the work of the Holy Spirit in Christ, amen. And what God has done showing is that Jesus Christ, because remember, the Holy Ghost doesn't speak of himself, amen. He speaks of the Lord Jesus Christ and leads us to the Lord, amen. So when we reject the Lord, amen, we are rejecting the convicting power of the Holy Ghost. And we die in our sins. We die without Christ. And we die committing the unpardonable sin. Therefore, the Bible says you will not be forgiven, neither in this world. And the Bible says neither in the world to come. That means those who've done so will not receive forgiveness. Amen. After they're dead, not even in the age to come. If you want to call it an age, call it what you want. You will not receive forgiveness in any age. Not now, not in the age to come ever again at all, period. There, hallelujah. It's not only age lasting. It's never. There will never be forgiveness at all. One verse that destroys the whole doctrine of universalism, the whole doctrine of the gospel of inclusion, the whole understanding and doctrine of universal reconciliation is Matthew's gospel, chapter 12 and verse 32, that there will not be forgiveness for those who blaspheme the Holy Ghost and die in their sins without Christ and reject, amen, the pleading of the Spirit of God, amen, and blaspheme the spirit of god reject his his holy spirit amen and speak evil against it by denying the work of god the work of the holy ghost of christ and rejecting it i don't need it i don't need it i don't believe in it huh but that's the whole point of being an unbeliever or hypocrite i don't believe it i'm going to do opposite of what the bible says yeah jesus said there should be weeping and gnashing of teeth Neither in this world or the world to come refers to no forgiveness. How much more can the Lord actually stress this? How much more can the Savior actually stress that there will be no forgiveness for those who commit the blasphemy of the Holy Ghost? That they will not be forgiven. So where is the universal reconciliation applied to them? There is none. There is none. Listen, don't be deceived. Don't be seduced by seducing spirits and doctrines of devils into this false doctrine of inclusion. Oh, because all it is is being moved by emotion. It's not being moved by the word of God. It's being moved by emotion. It's not being moved by the word and the authority of Holy Scripture. It's being moved by emotion. It's not being moved by the true teaching of the word of God. Amen. Hallelujah. You need to take heed to what the Bible says and flee from the wrath that is to come. Hell is real. The lake of fire is real and it's forever. The smoke of the torment went up forever and ever and they had no rest day nor night. And listen, that's what the Bible says. That's why you need to receive the love of God. That's why you need to repent of your sins. That's why you need to come to the Lord Jesus Christ and run to him before it's too late and not listen to those liars over the pulpit, those false preachers, amen, in the commentaries, those false teachers in their books. Hallelujah. The false church fathers that say there is no hell. There's only universal reconciliation. They're deceivers. They'll find themselves in the very hill that they rejected, that they taught that there was none, or that they taught, amen, was only age lasting. They're going to be there forever and forever and forever and forever and forever, tragically. 
We don't take any kind of happiness in this scenario at all. God is not willing that any should perish but all come to repentance. He's not willing. He doesn't want that to happen. Well, you say, oh, then, oh, well, well, if God's not willing, well, God will not let that happen, wouldn't he? No, no, no. God didn't want man to sin in the Garden of Eden, but it happened. Did it not? Hmm? God doesn't want murder. God doesn't want rape. God doesn't want all kinds of things that's happening in this world, racism and lying and homosexuality and stealing and killing and murdering and, and adultery and fornication and the list goes on, false religions. God doesn't want all that, but it's there. It's here. Huh? It's against his will. It's contrary to what he desires, but it's here. But that's why he's provided the cross. Hallelujah. That's why he's provided the cross of Calvary. That's why Jesus shed his blood on the cross for your sins and mine. That's why God, amen, so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. The whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Praise God. You can be saved today. You can repent of your sins and trust the Lord Jesus Christ. Universalism, universalism is the opposite on the opposite spectrum of Calvinism. Calvinism is just is, is false as well. Amen. But at least they believe that you have, to, you have to come to Christ. Amen. And be redeemed. But it is a false teaching. Amen. That limited atonement. Amen. That Christ didn't die for everybody. Christ did die for everybody, but not everybody can receive his salvation until they repent and accept him as their Savior. They have to receive him to apply Calvary to their life and repent of their sins. Amen. That's what the Bible teaches that we must do. We have to first repent and trust in my faith. We can't be saved in our own accord. Only the Holy Spirit can awaken us. But once we're awakened, we have the choice. Amen. Whosoever, whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. If it's irresistible grace, then you have no choice but to take of the water of life. Huh? It's not irresistible. You can resist the grace of God and reject the grace of God, amen, and be damned. Well, we can go through all, amount of, all these scriptures that, that teach this over and over again in the Bible. Over and over again. Brethren, for example, James, I will just touch on that for a minute. James 5 talks about it. All through Hebrews talks about it, amen. If there's an evil heart of unbelief, amen, and departing from the living God and all that. We go to, we go to James, though, it says it talks, talks about the brethren, amen. And this is where people get the, un the false understanding that, hey, I can just go ahead and just, you know, um, uh, live in my sin and, and God, I'm, I'll never lose my salvation. The Bible says here in the book of James, amen, brethren, if, verse 19 of James chapter 5, brethren, if any of you do err from the truth and one convert him, let him know that he which converteth the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and shall have um, shall hide a multitude of sins. And that's only one verse. We can go to multiple numbers of others. How, how the Apostle Paul, Holy Ghost, the Apostle Paul also warns the church, amen, that the unrighteous should not inherit the kingdom of God. The man sleeping with his father's wife in 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 5, amen, uh, that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus, amen. Hallelujah, give us, you know, cast him out of the church and so forth, amen. All these kind of things. So the, the, the reality is, is that salvation is only through the work of Jesus Christ. But we receive it when we repent of our sins and receive him by faith as our Savior. Amen? And that if we don't do that, we'll be damned. We'll go to hell. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. The whole doctrine of universalism destroyed in one verse. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 5, verse 32. There will be no forgiveness for those who blaspheme the Holy Ghost, not in this world, 
neither in the world to come. Don't, be, don't believe a lie. Don't believe the lie of universalism or the gospel of inclusion and say, oh, it looks, it looks persuasive. It makes sense to me. No, it doesn't matter for what some, if it makes sense to you. Is it true? Is it true? Is it right? And it doesn't matter if it makes a logical sense or not. If, is it right? Is it biblical? Is it sound doctrine? And the answer is it is not. It is weighed in the balance and it's found wanting and it's deceiving souls. And you will help be held accountable for teaching such lies on the day of judgment and for sending other souls to damnation with you because the Bible so the blind lead the blind and both shall fall into the ditch. If you believe in the lie of universalism or the, or the false gospel of inclusion, you need to repent of it. So many preachers, amen, coming on saying, oh, Carlton Pearson was, was done so wrong by the church. Carlton Pearson is the, is the preacher that I told you about who backslid, well, apostatized, as I know, and uh, went astray believing in this false gospel of universalism and, and inclusion. And they say, oh, the, the, the Pentecostal bishops treated him so bad. No, they didn't. I heard it on YouTube myself. They didn't treat him, treat him bad at all. They rebuked and repudiated, repudiated his false doctrine extensively by going amen to the scriptures themselves and showing how hell is eternal and how we need to repent of our sins and receive Christ by faith or we'll go to a place called hell but God does not want that he's not his desire God takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked his desire is for souls to be saved that's why he came in the person of Christ to die for your sins and mine he provided a way out and when you think oh where's the mercy of God it's the person of Christ it's Jesus Christ it's Jesus Christ hallelujah the true God and eternal life little children keep yourself from idols and from a false Jesus but believe that if the homosexuals will get in uh, the fornicators will get in the, the liars will make it in no not except they repent they will likewise perish all of us if we don't repent will likewise perish for all of sin that comes short of the glory of God and that's why we all need to repent that's why we all need to be saved that's why oh, we all need to be redeemed and that's why the Bible warns us about false teachers in the last days amen turning the grace of God into a license to sin and that's what we have with false, with false teachers like Carlton Pearson and others believing in the lie of universalism and, 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 and the reconciliation of all mankind the gospel, the false gospel of inclusion what a lie, if you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ you can know him today you don't have to commit the blasphemy of the Holy Ghost and be lost and, and, receive no for, and, not, and not receive any forgiveness at all neither in this world or the world to come so because some people reject Christ now and they apostatize Amen. They turn away from the Lord once and for all. And they no longer have the Holy Ghost convicting them. They rejected him for the last time. Spoke evil of him in the heart, in their spirit, in their mind, in their actions. The blasphemy, the spirit of God. There's no, there's no, no more forgiveness for them. But damnation. Such as their father, the devil. There's no more forgiveness for the devil. He is headed for hell, fire, and damnation as recorded in Revelation chapter number 20, verse 10. The Bible says the devil will be in the lake of fire, being tormented in the lake of fire. The devil's not going to be king over hell in the lake of fire. No, sir. He will be tormented according to the teaching of Holy Scripture, no matter what anybody wants to say. That's what the Bible says. And also those who got the Bible, the blind, lead the blind bullshit from the, to the ditch. Those who went with him will be judged at the great white throne judgment and whosoever his name was not found whosoever name was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire that means all those who decided to walk after the deception and lie of the devil will be in the lake of fire i'm going to read revelation 20, 10, 20 chapter 20 verse 10 it says and the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever hmm. ever and ever 
Age after age after age after age. If you don't want to think, oh, it's, it's not forever. Okay, age after age after age. And when you come to that age, after that age. And when you come to that age, after that age. And when you come to that age, after that age. And when you come to that age, after that age. And when you come to that age, after that age. And when you come to that age, after that age. And when you come to that age, after that age. And when you come to that age, after that age. And when you come to that age, after that age. And when you come to that age, after that age. You get the point of what I'm trying to preach. It will, it's never ending. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, son. Somebody. Never. Forever and forever. He's not coming out. There will be no reconciliation for Satan at all, period. And there will be no reconciliation for those that follow him. The smoke of the torment ascended up forever and forever. After that age and after that age. Sadly, tragically. That's why we have to have evangelism. That's why he says go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's why we do it. That's why we aim in that we pass out those tracts. That's why we preach and street witness and street preach, open air preaching with that microphone and that amplifies our souls can hear the gospel as they walk by or in the car, in the store. Amen. And as they gave us, amen, wicked, ungodly in the windows, we still preach it because we love men and women. We want them to be saved and God is not willing that any should perish, but all come the repentance and that's why we preach it because we want men and women to be saved from hell and be given everlasting life through the Lord Jesus Christ but it's only through him it's not through your religion your, your church it's only through the Lord Jesus Christ you must be born again to escape from the wrath that is to come if you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ you can be saved today you can be right with God you can reject all the lies that people try to propagate by corrupting the word of God but rightly divide the word of truth and believe what it says regardless of what your mind says, regardless of what everybody else says, regardless if it, if it doesn't make sense to you, regardless if, it doesn't, if you don't think it's compassion, that doesn't matter. Is it the truth? And it is the truth. Jesus said that word is truth. Believe what the Bible says. You need to repent of your sins if you're not saved and accept the Lord Jesus Christ into your heart to be a person of the Lord and Savior. You can be saved today. That's the good news. Hallelujah. The Bible says, for whosoever shall call, hallelujah, upon the name of the Lord, I love it, shall be saved. Amen. Praise God. We rejoice in salvation. We don't rejoice in damnation, but we must preach it because we don't want you to go there. If you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ, no prayer itself can save you. Amen. But if you pray this prayer with me sincerely unto God, you can pray on your own. You don't need me to pray with you. You can truly repent on your own and trust Christ by faith on your own. Believe that he rose from the dead on your own and confess him. Amen. You could be saved. Amen. And repent of your sins. But if you want to know the Lord Jesus Christ and pray with me, that's fine too. Amen. But you have to sincerely mean it. Your prayer itself can't save you. You have to sincerely repent of your sins and trust him by faith to be your Savior, Lord. Amen. You can just pray this prayer with me and mean it from the bottom of your heart, and the Lord will save you and forgive you of all your sins and give you everlasting life. Amen. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I believe you died on the cross of Calvary for my sins. I believe you rose again from the dead on the third day according to the Holy Scriptures. Lord Jesus, I deserve to go to hell. I deserve to be in the lake of fire forever and forever and forever. But Lord, I thank you for your love. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins that I can be saved today. And Lord Jesus, I turn away from my sins. I repent of my sins. And I'm going to trust you for my salvation alone. And Lord Jesus, by the help of the Holy Ghost, I will love you, I will live for you, and I will serve you all the days of my life in your name, in Jesus' name. If you pray that prayer, praise God, and you genuinely, genuinely repented of your sins and trusted the Lord Jesus Christ by faith alone for your salvation as your Lord and Savior. Amen. We want to send you to our website, internationaldeliveranceministries.org. You can go onto our 
website. Go to the Salvation tab. You'll see our booklet, What It Means to Be Born Again, absolutely free for you to download, for you to read, for you to be encouraged in your new walk with the Lord Jesus Christ as a new Christian. Amen. If you want to support this ministry, no gift is too small, no gift is too large. Hallelujah. For the work of the Lord Jesus Christ as we're preaching this uncompromised gospel message. Amen. Literally all around the world. We give God thanks for all that he's done and all that he will continue to do. Amen. We love you. Praise God. We're praying for you. God bless. Praise God.